Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Welcome to another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. Keystone Elder Law is a law firm focusing exclusively on estate planning, long-term care planning, and post-death estate administration. We serve clients all over central Pennsylvania with a mission of shielding the middle class from the costs and challenges of getting older. We're in the holiday season, and that reminds me of at least a few very important things other than the Christmas shopping list that is really doesn't have a dent in it yet, but that's that's not what I'm here to talk about today. What I'm thinking about most importantly in this holiday season is gratitude. I'm grateful to the listeners of this show. This is episode number 50. Whether you listen on WHP 580 or on a podcast app such as iHeart or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it always makes me feel so happy to hear from regular listeners of this show. It lets me know there are people who are looking for answers. They have a parent or a spouse with declining health or independence. They're thinking about their own future. They want a plan to make sure that their loved ones are taken care of in the most efficient and fairest way possible. And that's what I set out to do with this show, reveal all the resources and concepts that should be considered. So I'm filled with immense gratitude to you, the listeners, especially when I hear that people listen every week and find it helpful. Please spread the word to others about the show and leave a review if you're listening on a podcast app. That helps more people find the information that they are seeking. I'm also grateful to the wonderful people at WHP 580 and iHeartMedia for making this show possible and making it sound so good. So many thanks to Art Selby. J.C. Floyd, Brock Kirchner, and others. I am grateful for each of you. The second reason the holiday season is important is it's that time of year when families gather together. When you gather with older adults in your family, you may notice changes in health, changes in mobility, changes in the general ability of that older adult to function independently. Hopefully, by now, listeners of the show know my position on the importance of having fundamental legal planning in place so that an incapacitating health condition does not turn into larger legal and financial problems for the whole family. But there are a range of supportive care options as well. What is the number one concern I expect to hear when this issue comes up? My spouse or my parent does not want to be placed in a nursing home. And my response to that is, first, the nursing homes are full of people who never wanted to go to a nursing home. That level of care is often the only safe place for a person to receive the support and medical attention that the person needs. But second, the nursing home is not the only option. There is a way for people to stay in their homes and receive skilled care. I've mentioned it on previous episodes, but we're going to take a deep dive today into the LIFE program. This is a fantastic option when a person has a medical need that makes the person appropriate for nursing home care, but the person can safely stay at home. It's a great option when a spouse or another family member is serving as the primary caregiver and they're simply worn out. They need a break. Or maybe the person needing care can stay home but will be isolated and will be lonely in their home. The LIFE program may be a great option. So joining me today 
To discuss the LIFE program are Chris Miller and Greg DeSaro from Albright Life. Chris and Greg, thank you for being here. Thank you, Patrick, for Thanks, having Patrick. us. So I've talked about the LIFE program before just because I think it is, It's first of all, people have these outdated notions of what's available when they need a higher level of support and care. They, they think, well, either my family can take care of me, and if that's not possible, I guess I'm going to the county-owned home. And it's just, you know, there are so many more options now. And the LIFE program is an innovative option. It meets that um, that desire that so many people have to stay in their homes. That's where their memories are. That's that's where they feel they still have some sense of control. So, you know, am I am I getting it right that, that the LIFE program sets out to address that need, that these are the people, this is the problem to be solved, is the person wants to stay at home but needs care that very well could land them in a nursing home. That's exactly what the LIFE program is, Patrick. So talk to me about how the LIFE program is set up for to be a, a, a wonderful alternative for these people who want to stay home. So first of all, I would say, you know, LIFE stands for Living Independence for the Elderly. It's a nationally known program um, but in the other states, other than Pennsylvania, it's known as the PACE program. Yeah, I guess we already had a PACE program for yeah, prescription we did, drugs. Exactly. So we had to come up with another acronym. Okay. <laughs> so now it's LIFE, Living Independence for the Elderly. So the LIFE program is a Medicare-Medicaid program that helps individuals, our seniors, meet their health care needs in the community instead of going to a nursing home or other care facilities. So when we talk to people about the LIFE program, we like to say that we're really the nursing home without the four walls. So with LIFE, we have a team of highly skilled and trained healthcare professionals who work with our participants and their families to make sure that they get the coordinated care that's needed to keep them in their home. And typically, when you work with a smaller group of individuals, you know, when our team works with a smaller number of people, they're getting that personalized care. When they call in for some help or assistance or they don't feel well, this the, the individual they're talking to knows about their health history and they're able to give them those you know that immediate solution what they should do would you agree with that greg anything a you want to add yeah absolutely i thought you brought up a really interesting point during the intro um different options that are out there other than skilled care uh, prior to coming to albright life i functioned as a nursing home administrator uh, which i served for about six years prior to albright um, as a nursing home administrator, you're responsible for the, the care and services. When I would go into a, a resident's room to introduce myself, more often than not, uh, the response that I would get from a resident is a lot of anxiousness, um, a little bit of apprehension of what the future might hold. Um, it's completely different than being a part of a life program because when I meet a, a participant for the first time, a lot of the conversation is thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of a life program, allowing me the ability to function in my home environment and maintain my my highest level of ability. So it's, um, it's an awesome program. We're able to touch a lot of individuals' lives outside of the four walls of a nursing home, which is really awesome. And, you know, before we got together for this show, you know, we were talking offline and you talked about, and I think now you've established with some uh, credibility and experience from working in the nursing home environment. And and I don't mean ever to take away from what nursing homes provide. They're, they're doing heroic work that we absolutely need more and more of as demographics change in Pennsylvania. But you described that, that there is often that sense, I think, in the mind of the nursing home resident 
that they're they're losing their meaning or their their sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. A- aging is not an easy process for for anyone. Um, I don't think I've ever met somebody that's excited to to get older. Um, in a nursing home environment, there's a lot of uh, diagnosis of failure to thrive. Um, you know, lacking meaning, lacking purpose. What am I here? Um, what is the rest of my days going to look like? In a life program, we kind of bring that meaning back, um, it, which is really, really awesome. And it makes it a lot easier to go to work every day because you're providing that meaning. Um, so our participants come from all different walks of life. They all have different backgrounds, different family statuses, support systems, some of which don't have anybody. And to be able to provide services that are very meaningful and allowing them the purpose to to live in their home environment is is really awesome and cool to see. And you're you're probably doing uh, an enormous service not just for the people you see in the program, but for the family members who are at home who need a break. Uh, sometimes it's you know it's called in the industry respite care, where mm-hmm. you have to put somebody into a community or a facility just because you're not sleeping as the spousal caregiver, the family caregiver. You're not able to run errands. You you just need a break. Well, mm-hmm. here they get that break without any worry. They they know that their loved one is is being well taken care of in the life program and yet they can can do the things they need to do and take a breather. Absolutely. Our our like I mentioned our participants all have different fi- family dynamics. Um, one recent success story, one of our participants, her main caregiver was her granddaughter. Um, who also was responsible for raising three small children. So it was a very stressful situation for the granddaughter, um, was curious as to what services were out there, ended up finding a life program. And the respite, which you mentioned, a lot of people think of respite as, oh, you know, I'm going to take my loved one to a nursing home for a few days or a couple weeks while I get my affairs in order. Well, you know, respite for this situation was allowing the granddaughter to be able to take care of the household and provide for her family during the daytime. And then, you know, at the end of the day, at 4.30, her grandmother was going back home. So that so was she, tremendous. So she took care of her children and her grandmother just using different resources that are now available. And we're going to come back and talk more with Chris Miller and Greg DeSaro of Albright Life in a moment. You are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. I am speaking today with Chris Miller and Greg DeSaro of Albright Life about the Life Program in Pennsylvania, a wonderful option that is an option where you can stay at home if you need a higher level of care, if you have a medical need, if you have lost mobility. And you need what could really be cared for in the nursing home, but you want to stay home. Uh, This is a way to do it. And we're going to hear a whole lot more about how the LIFE program works. If you want to find more information, of course, about locations, and we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, a phone number to call, you can go to albrightlife.org and you see all the locations that Albright has for the LIFE program. Uh, but but Chris, talk to me about how how this program actually works. If someone gets signed up, and we'll talk about eligibility and all of that in a moment, but if somebody gets signed up for the life program, what are the services offered? What does it actually look like? 
So, Patrick, when someone's interested in the LIFE program and they're enrolled, the first thing we do is we have our highly trained team uh, clinicians who assess the individual to determine what their needs are. So this team is called an interdisciplinary team. We have a medical provider. We have a clinical registered nurse, a registered dietitian, home care coordinator. We have physical occupational therapists, social worker, activity coordinator. So they look, they meet with the individual, they develop a unique and personalized care plan. You know, how best can we meet their needs and keep them thriving in the community? Um, Services that they would look at potentially offering would be, you know, therapy. Do they need physical therapy, occupational therapy, recreational therapy? Do they need any type of labs or tests to further uh, determine what their medical needs would be? We have dentistry, uh, we have optometry, um, we have really any array or any type of service that would be needed to keep the individual safe and in their home. But I think what's really unique about the LIFE program is that we are center-based. So unlike another type of, you know, and I believe me, my background is home care. I've been doing it for 10 years and love home care. Um, but when, you, when, we're, when you're in this center-based program, the participant has the opportunity to come in, not just socialize and meet new friends and join the activities, but they have the hot meal. They can see our clinicians. They can, they can get their therapy. And we take care of all the transportation. We pick them up at their home, and we bring them into the center. So part of our assessment determines how often do they need to come into the center. And what does the family want? You know, like we, Greg was talking about earlier, the respite care. Do we, is, it a, is it a mother or a granddaughter who needs to take care of their children? Is it, a, is it a spouse who works and needs their loved one to be in the center every day? So all of this is determined um, within the first two weeks of being enrolled. We develop that care plan, and then we, we, we move from there. We take action. So, and I'm glad you mentioned that you know, these are all just options, and you've worked in home care. Greg has worked in uh, the skilled nursing mm-hmm. facility environment. These are all options, and one option uh, might be available to one person or family that isn't appropriate for another family. And at Keystone Elder Law, we're always sort of trying our best to look at all the options that might be appropriate and then refer people or recommend resources. But uh, I guess to contrast what you were saying, Chris, with home care, that's where there's a home care agency that will bring in a caregiver or maybe multiple caregivers, and they're going to be there for whatever hours are needed. They're going to help the person get through the day in their home, but the person who needs that care never leaves their home. And you're talking about going to a center and they're even having transportation, so they're safely delivered to the center where they spend the day, so they get out and about a little bit. Where are these centers, by the way? So we have six centers covering 11 counties. We have one in Enola, Cumberland County. We have one in Chambersburg that covers Franklin. The one in Cumberland covers Cumberland and Perry. We have one in Lancaster, Lebanon, Williamsport that covers Lycoming, Union, part of Northumberland. And Clinton. And Clinton County, correct. And we have one in Chester County. Okay. So we have six physical centers covering the 11 counties in Pennsylvania. And for people who are outside the WHP 580 listening area, maybe you're catching this show on the podcast, There, you can Google the LIFE program for uh, for your area and find find the LIFE program. If Albright uh, doesn't serve that area, there, there may be another provider. And nationwide, there are people listening in other states, and you can look for the PACE program, the Program of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly, 
That's what it's called in other states. And so you can Google and see where this resource might be available there. But it's it's going to function largely the same way that Chris just described it. And so when someone gets to the life, so you, you've already had a tailored plan of action, plan of care for an individual um, and so they are safely delivered to the life center. What happens while they are there on a given day? Yeah, and that that's a great question. That really varies from person to person. The program is intended to maintain somebody's highest level of functional ability. And what does that mean for somebody? You know, it, it could mean going into the clinic and getting some tests. It could mean um, a quick conversation with a one of our providers, whether it's a physician or a nurse practitioner. Um, it could mean uh, socialization um, and being a part of all the, the really neat activity programming that we have going on in our centers. So it, it really does vary from, from person to person. Not everybody may receive therapy day in and day out, but uh, those that need it from a medical standpoint can benefit from it. And I've seen that studies of this program nationwide, so studies of the PACE program or whether it's called LIFE or PACE, uh, have found some interesting results. So just building on what you were just saying, Greg, participants in this program compared to other types of care, whether it's home care or skilled nursing, people in the PACE or LIFE program spend fewer days in the hospital or a nursing home in their lifetime. Program participants uh, are more likely to maintain the, the crucial physical functions that they need to thrive. Uh, program participants report greater satisfaction with life and quality of life. And, and it's, it's relatively rare that people, uh, I'm not sure if the word is unenroll or disenroll, they, they don't back out of the program. They, they stick with it. it. Do you think this is consistent with what you've seen? That I mean, you, you've already said, Greg, that in a nursing home environment, you would sometimes pick up on anxiety or fear about the future or not generally a great outlook on the life they are, they're having. And, mm-hmm. and you've, you said that it's quite a different picture uh, in the LIFE program. Absolutely. Um, our goal is to have our participants avoid higher levels of living and a- avoid uh, going throughout the continuum of care. Um, the best place for somebody to age is in their home environment. I mean, I can speak Personally, uh, my grandmother, she took a lot of pride in her home. She, she enjoyed mowing her lawn, doing her laundry, keeping a very neat and clean home. She loved it. And the, the second that we had her go into a assisted living setting, we saw a decline. Um, and for our participants, those that we're caring for, I, I like to think of it that I have many grandmothers now, grandfathers, um, you know, the, the best place for them is is in their home environment. Um, generally speaking, when our participants do disenroll, it's because they need they were at that stage in their life where they needed full-time nursing care. Um, but being able to um, be a part of uh, pushing out that uh, skilled nursing admission for long-term care, that's that's what we uh, hang our hat on at the end of the day. Right. You you uh, kept them more independent for, for a longer period of time. And, and I mm-hmm. you know, it's an interesting observation about your grandmother's experience, and I'm sure that's uh, true of a lot of people who might be listening or the people in their families, um, because it goes back to that sense of purpose. You know, your grandmother took pride in, in her home, and 
that kept her her focus. This is my purpose. I am I'm maintaining this beautiful castle of mine. And um, you lose that when you go into assisted living. Now, some people are thinking, great, I don't want to cut the grass anymore. But other people, you know, it's like, no, that's that's I, I enjoy it. It's meditative or it, it keeps me my using my hands and things like that. So, again, it's it's about finding what's right for each person. But that makes an awful lot of sense in the context of uh, of your grandmother. Now, what about the, the, the objections that I hear sometimes like, uh, you know, my, my father or my spouse is not social. They don't want to go to a place where they're going to socialize with other people. <laughs> I hear that every once in a while from, from client families. Yeah, we, we do hear it. Um, and that's not a problem. It's not going to stop us from trying to get them to socialize. Uh, there's a, there's a lot to say for socialization and the benefits that it could have on someone. Oh, sure. Um, we have a really awesome uh, participant in our Lancaster Center. She's going to be turning 103 years old in January. And she tells me whenever whenever anybody really goes up to her, she says she doesn't feel a day over 75. Good for her. And I feel like a lot of people seeing her day in and day out and how she carries herself and the mindset that she has, a lot of our participants gravitate to that and are joining in in activities. So, um it's just um, all about perspective. It is. Yep. Right. So we're, we're talking today about the LIFE program, an alternative type of support and care where you can stay at home and get skilled care, any kind of medical care that you might need according to a tailored plan for you at a center called the Life Center. My guests are Chris Miller and Greg DeSaro of Albright Life. That's albrightlife.org. We'll be back with them in a moment. This is the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. My guests today are Chris Miller and Greg DeSaro of Albright Life, and we're talking about the Life Program in Pennsylvania, known nationally as the PACE Program. It is an option to maintain uh, a measure of it, of your independence and dignity. And if you're if you're meeting with at the holidays with uh, family members, older adults who absolutely do not want to leave their homes uh, to go to a nursing home, but you can tell there's a decline. There's there's maybe a struggling spouse uh, trying to care for them. This is really, really worth thinking about. The, the LIFE program uh, can maintain independence while providing an array of uh, medical support that the person might need. And Chris, on that point, you spoke earlier about right at the outset of determining an applicant uh, for the LIFE program, whether they're appropriate and what, what would the LIFE program do for them. You mentioned this interdisciplinary team, and I just want to sort of put a, an underline under all of that and an exclamation point after it that this is your one-stop shop for all doctors and medical care. So whether it's your primary care physician, whether it's your dentist, whether it's the labs that I, that Greg mentioned, uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, it's, it's all just sort of coordinated to meet your needs. Am I getting that right? You are, Patrick. This is, I mean, this is a managed care program. So our our primary care physician would direct you and really make all the arrangements for you to see whatever specialist you may need to see based on what your what your conditions are. You know, one of the things that we often hear when we're trying to bring someone into the program is, 
I don't want to lose my PCP. I've been going to the same doctor for 40 years. I don't want to lose them. So what we try to do, I help, I, you know, I try to help them understand that if they wake up not feeling well and they call their doctor's office, they're probably not going to get to see the doctor that they've seen for 40 years. That day anyway. Absolutely that day. But when you join the LIFE program, we, we definitely want you to see the center first, meet our physician, have a chance to talk to them. And you develop that relationship seeing them every single day. You see the, the physician, you see the nurses. So now all of a sudden you're in the program for three months and you don't feel good. You give us a call in the morning. We're going to come and pick you up and we're going to bring you into the center and we're going to have you see the physician that you're comfortable with, that you know, and who knows your history. So after they, after they meet with you, then they're going to decide, do you need to go to the hospital for testing or can we, can we draw some labs here? You know, what's the best course of action? And we take care of it immediately. If you need to go somewhere else, then we're going to transport you there and then get you back to your home. So we're going to take care of all aspects of your care. Again, whether it be just a, a doctor's visit, whether it be a specialty visit, whether you need to see a dentist or you need to see an eye doctor, our medical director oversees our team of physicians who is looking at every one of their participants. And we have a very, you know, we have a small group. So normally the ratio is you know, one PCP to maybe, you know, 300 in that, in that um, physician's office. Here you have your physician and then you have 100 maybe. So it's, it's a much smaller group that they're working with. So, so it's immediate, relatively immediate and tailored to you kind of care. And, and when I've spoken about the LIFE program in previous episodes of this show and I just I say, look, this is fantastic, and normally I'm talking about Medicaid, and Medicaid is most often uh, paying for long-term care in a nursing home, but we'll get into how Medicaid plays a role here as well, but um, but I, I just sort of let people know it's not just the nursing home. There's this amazing program called the Life Program, and I think what you just described is huge, that it's it's transportation, it's, it's uh, relatively quick attention by whatever medical care you need. Now, contrast that with the person who's trying to get by with, you know, the granddaughter who has her own kids at home and all by themselves or, or you know, a, a couple in their 80s and, you know, my spouse is going to take care of everything for me. Well, okay, but you're, that, you're not going to get anywhere near that level of care and assistance right down to the transportation to the place you need to be. No, that's correct. And if you come into the program and, you know, our therapists are assessing you and you're having some mobility challenges, as soon as you start the program, you're going to start with physical therapy. So we're going to already be working with you to strengthen you again so that we can keep you living independently in the community. And we're bringing you in for those appointments or for those sessions. Yeah, yeah. the physical therapy, is, that has to be a crucial, crucial uh, piece behind why people stay out of a higher level of care, as Greg was saying, you know, you're, you, you maintain your independence and your, your, you know, I think people ought to be starting that decades earlier, you know, building up strength that, that, that will bulletproof them for, uh, for the later years of life. But, but then it, it just becomes a top priority at that point to maintain uh, muscle mass and bone density and so forth. Yeah. And um, one of our providers at Albright refers to physical therapy. He, he says, uh, movement is medicine. So the more you're moving around, uh, doing various tasks, seeing our, our therapy providers, the better off you're going to be. Oh, I believe it. Everything down to 
how it's it's good for managing blood sugar because if you build up muscle mass, it just soaks up that sugar like a sponge. But to it also to just getting those happy chemicals moving in the brain. So what do you know? You have a greater sense of well-being and quality of life. And you know, I I, I completely agree. And I'm glad that that's one of the many pieces of your interdisciplinary uh, offerings. So let's talk a little bit about um, how does somebody know if they're eligible for this program or not? What are some of the facts and figures of, okay, you have to be this, you can't be that? Well, first off, you have to be 55 years or older to be a participant in the LIFE program. Obviously, we would want you, to, you would need to live in a service area of a LIFE organization. Uh, you would have to be certified by the state, which in Pennsylvania would be the Agency Area on Aging, to, to be meeting the, the nursing home level of care, which is, they call that NFCE. Nursing, nursing facility, facility clinically, clinically eligible. I have to say yes. it out loud every time to make mm-hmm. sure I'm putting the letters in the right order. That's correct. They would have to meet that level of care to be in the program. And then, most importantly, they would have to be able to live safely in the community with the help of life services at the time of their enrollment. And and that part, um, who determines whether this is, because you can be NFCE, Nursing Facility Clinically Eligible, which is, you know, someone from a medical setting has said you, you they're ticking off uh, functional criteria, like, okay, you, you uh, can't get out of bed and get to the bathroom or to a chair. You can't remember to feed yourself or, or take medications and so on and so forth. They're going down all the functional activities of daily living, and that's usually a big part of whether you're eligible medically for nursing home level care, but there's an added dimension with the LIFE program, which is you're going to be safe in the community. And and I is that the Office of Aging? Is that part of the interdisciplinary team at, at LIFE? I mean, it's I think it's it, any insight you can provide about how how do people determine? Are you is it safe for you to go home at the end of the day if we're if you're getting that care at the life center? Right. So once they're determined, or once they come back with the level of care NFCE, then we have um, we have someone in each of our locations who we have a nurse that goes out and does what we call a safe to serve assessment. So they go through an, another check check and balance to make sure that they are safe to serve within the community. So once they meet that criteria, then we're able to move forward with the enrollment. Okay. So oftentimes after the safe to serve, they may come back and talk about it with the interdisciplinary team, but oftentimes the nurse is able to make that determination at the time of the assessment. And it sounds like that that initial assessment, I mean, you want to know that they're safe, that they're going to be okay at home, that um, and also that you have an offering from one of the many healthcare professionals at the life program to serve them. So it's part of building their individual plan as well. So they're kind of connected. Are you going to be safe at home? And then what will we be able to do for you in a sort of tailored individualized program at the life center? Exactly. That's going to be able to keep you living independently in your home. Yes. And I wonder, I know that, that sometimes that determination it's, it can be kind of broad as far as looking at, uh, are you safe to be at home? Well, you know, even if you can walk around by yourself, if if the, the place is a mess, if it's not hygienic, you know, these kinds of things. I, I'm just trying to give people a clue as to what they should be considering when they see their loved ones, when they gather with them. What are some of the things you want to look for? Is somebody lonely? We had a, a, a guest, a previous guest on the show talk about how there it's been studied and the effect of being isolated and lonely is the same as 15 cigarettes a day. 
So when you you start to put it in that context, you you, you think, wow, the socialization of the life program sounds like a pretty good idea. Uh, absolutely. Um, isolation really is detrimental to somebody's life. And with COVID, everybody, ref- they talk about the pandemic. Um, the pandemic really did um, change the way PACE programs, life programs, how they operate. And there was about a two-year stretch that we were operating uh, in a, a home-based provider rather than a, a day center provider. So um, now that the the national pandemic, the state of emergency is over, we're able to function with our day centers, able to bring our participants, potential participants, have them check it out. Um, we have a lot to offer. So I'm um, trying to break out of that isolation and being by somebody's self is not a good thing. So Right. We will be back for more with Chris Miller and Greg DeSaro of Albright Life in a moment. Albright Life has a website, albrightlife.org, where you can find more information about their offerings with the Life Program. You're listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law, on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, your host, Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show. I am your host, Patrick Cauley, my guest today, Chris Miller and Greg DeSaro of Albright Life. And we're talking about the Life Program, a wonderful alternative way to provide medical care and socialization and therapy and support for an older adult who wants to still be in their home. And isn't that what just about everybody wants? That's that's probably the number one concern I hear from people when they see their independence or mobility start to slip uh, they they say, gosh, I, I just want to stay at home. That's that's a, a very important thing to me. But they're asking an awful lot of their family or their friends uh, to keep them there. Uh, somebody's got to be able to provide uh, a great level of support. Sometimes it's skilled care by licensed medical professionals, healthcare professionals uh, that can only be provided through either a nursing home or a program like the life program. So uh, before the break, we were talking about the you have to be 55 or older. You have to have this medical need that would technically qualify you for nursing home care. I think a big question people are waiting to, to hear an answer to is, well, how does this get paid for? So, Chris, can you can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Sure, Patrick. That's a great question. So really what what an individual pays for life depends on their eligibility under Medicare and Medicaid. So because we're, we are Medicare, Medic, we are a, a duly eligible program, Medicare, Medicaid, then if you qualify for Medicaid, then your services um, and your care are covered as they would be. Just like in a nursing home. Just I like mean, in, they, yeah. they, it would be paid for by Medicaid, right? That's one way to go. That's right. But if you're not covered, if you have, you know, Medicare, um, and not Medicaid, then there is a private pay component that we can work with you on and tell you what that is. I think most important is once you join the LIFE program, we become your insurance plan. So so basically, the Medicare kind of goes away, and we become that insurance plan. So it's Albright Life Insurance and Medicaid. So we're paying for all those services. We're paying for, again, whatever our interdisciplinary team determines is necessary we're going to, you know, we're going to cover those costs. So your provider visits, transportation, hospital visits, um, rehab as necessary. Um, there's really, there's never a deductible or a copayment for drugs or services um, within the LIFE program. 
unless it's long-term care, you know, if it goes to long-term care, there may be there might there may be a charge when it's long when it's when we move forward with long-term care that is where we end up, you know. Sure. In, in a nursing home. And if people um, have questions about this difference between Medicare and Medicaid, I mean it's Medicare of course as I've said on on other episodes is you know, that's how you go to your doctor's appointment. That's how you go into the hospital. If it's if, depending on your plan, Part D is how you pay for prescription drugs. But, you know, that also comes with a copayment. So that's where, Chris, you're talking about this. You, you know, you, you, this is where you might make a private payment if part of you, the service is being paid for by Medicare and you're paying your required copayment. Well, one thing is the life program is going to help you sort all that out. So you don't have to call Medicare, CMS, the the government. You don't have to call them and figure out how is this all going to work. That's all part of the application process and and that all gets sorted out. And for people who either start out with limited means financially and and can't afford that uh, copay or go through with I'd be remiss if I didn't say through an elder law attorney and uh, accelerate the eligibility for Medicaid. That's another way to go where you don't have to pay for anything at all. Medicaid pays for it. And Justin, that really it's it's built on the same process as applying for Medicaid in a nursing home. And I don't want to uh, go off on a nerdy tangent here. I, I love talking about Medicaid and eligibility and how you work backwards with your estate plan. But that's what I do uh, online workshops for so listeners who want to learn more about Medicaid eligibility so that they pick up the tab uh, mainly it's done so that you can save money for especially a spouse at home so your spouse doesn't live in poverty because you ran out of money um, you can go to keystoneelderlaw.com and use the workshops tab and you'll see that I do one workshop on how will you pay for long-term care I do another one on middle-class estate planning and asset protection and both of them go into quite a bit of how this works, how it's so common for people in the later years of life, and uh, how you can work backwards even if everybody's healthy right now. There are things you can be doing with your estate planning to make sure that this is at least an option. But uh, Chris, is, is it correct to say that this all gets sorted out by the folks at the Life Program and people don't have to, uh, you know, fill out the application, the Medicaid application, if necessary, themselves. And that's correct. So as we're enrolling someone, Patrick, we have a team that goes in and takes care of the MA application. We help collect all of the documents. We work with the bank institutions. Um, it's such a complicated process that we want to navigate with the participant and with the family because oftentimes it's it's really too taxing for them. Oh, it is. It's it can be overwhelming. Uh, it's it's especially if your loved one has there's a, the mentality where I need to spread my money across uh, God's green earth. I have money in every uh, every bank in central Pennsylvania just so I can be safe. Uh, that makes it even worse because now you have to collect paperwork. That will cover you know your kitchen table many times over. So it's it is overwhelming, and the fact that the life program helps with that kind of Medicaid application, uh, people have no idea uh, the burden you are saving them by doing that. And I think I just want to add that because we have to go through this MA application process, it can take four to six weeks to enroll, really depending on how complex. Um, an individual's financial standing is and how long it takes us to collect those documents. So, and I would say the same thing about if you were going to a nursing home. It's not like this is any worse or better. It takes some time to gather all of the records that are necessary for the folks at Medicaid. 
Uh, you mentioned MA, medical assistance. That's what we call Medicaid in Pennsylvania. But it is a very paper-intensive uh, process, and you're taking that burden off of the family or guiding them significantly through that process, just as we do at Keystone Elder Law uh, for people who are attempting to you know, keep a spouse at home uh, from going into poverty. We can save an awful lot of money for families. But ultimately, the goal is this level of care that you're providing. And we have to talk about how does it get paid because we work, we're, you know, we're, you're working with a rule book uh, for Medicare and Medicaid just like I am. And it's, you know, you want the ultimate result for people. Um, and, and I just, I want to uh, make sure we don't uh, end this conversation without mentioning again just that you have this network of of providers. So so what if somebody needs a specialist, Greg? You know, if I if I'm in the life program and suddenly a, a lab or or a, a, a routine physical uh, reveals that I, I need a cardiologist or something like that, what happens then? Yeah, I'd say access to care is something that we really pride ourselves on with the life program. Um, each county that we service, we have a network of providers. So whether it be um, a cardiology group, um, a health system, a hospital, um, all the way up to skilled nursing facilities that we're in contract with, um, those services are all um, in place. The contracts are already in place so that if it comes time that a participant um, may need a specific service, the access to those services is there. Um, And... I like to compare my own personal life to the life program often. Um, my PCP office that I go to, um, the main uh, form of communication that I have with the PCP office is through texting the the chat. The uh, portal. The portal. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that drives me nuts sometimes. Our participants can call our centers 24-7. We have, we're always available. We have an on-call service. They can they can call and nine times out of ten or one hundred percent of the time somebody that picks up the phone is going to know the person that they're speaking with and have an understanding of their care plan. They they know how to approach the the topic of conversation and guide them in the right direction. That itself, I mean, you just keep adding other benefits to this program where you're taking a burden off of people because navigating our healthcare system, the payment rules. Uh, it's. I mean, there shouldn't have to be a an area of legal practice called elder law, but we've had it for decades now because the system keeps getting more complicated. Nobody's going to fix it, and now that technology is getting more complicated too, that that you know they probably thought it was making things more convenient. That you have this portal, uh, you put in a chat message, and your doctor will get back to you through the portal, but. You know, there's at least a generation of people who would rather pick up the phone and talk to a human being. Tremendously, yeah. Our participants, they, we have, um, we try to educate them on the on-call process with uh, when to reach out to our program or our day center. But when they do, we we have uh, services in place, our our network of providers, and we're ready for anything that they may need. That's fantastic. My guests today have been Chris Miller and Greg DeSaro of Albright Life. Check out, check out uh, albrightlife.org for more information on the Life Program. Of course, you can sign up for a workshop with Keystone Elder Law through the, the Workshops tab at the website, and I can teach you all about how you get eligible for Medicaid and talk more about the Life Program. Hopefully this has been helpful, especially as you see your family members this holiday season. So 
Join me again next week for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, and we'll have another interesting topic where you can uh, enhance the life of your older adults in your family and do all the planning in the meantime that is necessary. This has been the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580.